Welcome to Pete Care's Stories of Hope and Healing podcast. We have 11 episodes exploring the hope and healing framework. This framework sets the foundation for caring and working with young people in residential care in a way that understands and responds to trauma. The Hope and Healing Framework was written by Encompass Family and Community Proprietary Limited. In this podcast series, you'll be listening to the stories of young people previously in residential care, practitioners with residential care experience, and experts who were part of the advisory group for the Hope and Healing Framework or are specialists in trauma and child protection. All young people on staff have been given a pseudonym to protect their confidentiality. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners are warned that episodes may include names and voices of people who have since passed away. Safety obviously is going to be different for each individual about you know what needs to work for them. You can only um, feel as safe as what the place is made to feel. Welcome to the very first episode of Peak Care Stories of Hope and Healing. I'm your host, Dr. Chelsea Leach from Pracademics, and in this episode, we'll be exploring concepts of safety in residential care. You'll be hearing from two young people, Jessica and Ethan, as well as Tony, who is a very experienced residential care staff member. You'll also be hearing from three members of the Expert Advisory Committee, who assisted in the development of the Hope and Healing Framework, Lisa Hillen, Howard Bath, and Sandy Wilson. We hope that their stories and ideas will bring to life this important element of hope and healing. As this podcast will be shared throughout Queensland, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of these lands. We'd like to pay our respects to the elders past and present, as well as emerging community leaders. We would like to acknowledge the hardships suffered by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and we hope that this podcast is sensitive to their experiences. We'd also like to acknowledge the important contributions that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander professionals, elders and volunteers make to the child protection sector in Queensland. In the Hope and Healing Framework, there are four fundamental needs which must be addressed in the everyday care provided to young people. These fundamental needs include safety, nurture, development and healing. We will be looking at nurture, development and healing in a later episode. Safety is the foundation and base of caring for young people, and it can include physical, emotional and cultural safety. In fact, these are prerequisites for all our efforts to support young people. That's why safety is the first episode in our series. Lisa Hillen was a member of the Expert Advisory Group. She's a social worker with over 20 years of experience working with vulnerable communities in program design and delivery. She's also published a report entitled Reclaiming Residential Care, a Positive Choice for Children and Young People. We thought that Lisa explained the importance of safety really well. When you've lived a lot of your life without a context of safety, one of the big things residential care can bring is a sense of how to be safe, how to feel safe, how to have an experience of what safety looks and feels like in relationship in, in just how the household runs, in relationship to yourself, that's one of the absolute critical gifts of residential care if done well. I really love her expression of safety as a critical gift in residential care. And as she highlighted, it's not enough that we know young people are safe, but they must feel safe. So it's actually their perception of safety that is critical. One young person, Jessica, spoke about this in her interview. For me, I think safety should be regarded as 
a feeling rather than um, as a place. Because, like, I know the department deems a lot of places as a safe place for a child, but, um, you know, a young person can go to that place and not ideally feel safe. Um, and that can be due to many factors, um, such as other young people. The first aspect of safety is about feeling physically safe, which can include being free from abuse and feeling secure within the residence. When we talked about safety with Ethan, he emphasised the importance of physical security in feeling safe. Like, well, some of the residents that I was one of the residents I was at, sort of um, they had the crim safe and, you know, brick walls. So, like, it sort of felt like an institution, but... Um, it, I sort of that sort of made it what made it feel so safe. So it was like a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. We also asked Ethan how carers could support young people to feel safe, and he gave us some great everyday examples. And you know, if there's like a noise outside, or you know, you got your sensor lights so on, when something moves past it, will it come on? You know, work is that if they see that, they go out and look at it. So then they will hang on. If there is something out there, the worker's going to see it and they're going to, you know, do whatever. But, like, you know, that's obviously you feel a lot safer with them but rather than someone that's like, oh, it's just a cat. But if you don't feel comfortable going in your room, for an example, so, like, you know, you've watched a movie where, you know, there's clowns under your bed or something like that, like a scary creature in your closet or something, you know, you might be a young person where it would be like, well, can you go in my room and have a look? You know, and there might be a worker say no. You go in there yourself. Like, that's sort of like a bit, you know, thinking like, well, you don't want to look out for me type thing. You know, it'll make me feel unsafe. You know, like, you know, so like, I guess for a worker not to um, do whatever the worker could to make the young person feel safe would be uh, also in that if they didn't, it would make them feel unsafe. Ethan's examples really highlighted how young people in residential care can be hypervigilant to threat. Hypervigilance is often observed in children who grow up in a threatening environment. To survive in this environment, they may become vigilant to potential threat. This vigilance is accompanied by higher levels of anxiety as their bodies are constantly ready for fight or flight. While this may be helpful and keep them safe while they are at risk of abuse, they continue to feel this way when they are in safer environments as well. When staff are attuned to this and respond by taking steps to make the young people feel safer, then it can increase the young person's sense of safety in that moment, as well as with that carer in the future. This relates to the second component of safety, which is about emotional safety. A sense of emotional safety can be built when residential care staff are attuned to young people's sense of safety and respond consistently. Howard is a member of the Expert Advisory Group and has studied and worked in both Australia and the US. He's worked as a youth worker, manager, agency director and clinician. He was also the Northern Territory Children's Commissioner. He has researched widely on out-of-home care, behaviour management and child protection. Howard explained to us the importance of carers being attuned to safety. Sometimes we think that it must be warm and marshy people that develop, you know, that kids connect with. Um, and I don't believe that. I think you've got to be warm, yes. But I think kids in care attach to people who help them feel safe. Now, that's emotionally safe, physically safe, you know, socially safe, etc. 
culturally safe. The kid, when that person is on duty, feels safe. They know, for instance, they may not be able to get away with some things. They know that the, the person may not be always willing to go down to McDonald's to get a meal and all this sort of stuff. Um, they're safe because they know that person has integrity, keeps, uh, is very clear about expectations, but also cares about the well-being and the needs of the young person. Howard's comments were supported by Ethan, who explained that there was a difference between carers that you got along with and those that you feel safe with. You know, there'll be workers there, obviously, that you will enjoy more than others. You know, if that's to be around, you know, them working, you know, the vibe that you get off them or whatever that is, but you will always, from what I've done and people I've spoken to with Create and other young people, um, there's always at least one worker that they feel safest with. The Hope and Healing Framework emphasises that safety should be the primary focus when a young person enters a new residential care home. Ethan also emphasised this point when we asked him about things that might make it easier for young people transitioning into a new place. You know, after a bit, if he maybe show them, you know, that it is a place that is safe, and maybe if they're like, what makes it safe, show them what you think makes it safe. Um, you know, even if it's just something as simple as your door can lock, locks automatically or something, that might be enough for someone. In our intro to this episode... You heard Tony mention that safety is different for everyone and it's for this reason that he believes safety can take time. The key thing is, I guess, is to um, understand that you, you need to try and help the kids feel safe, um, uh, but that's going to take time. While Ethan thought that information on physical aspects of safety might help young people coming into a new placement, for Jessica, the emphasis was on feeling safe with other people in the placement. Like, I, I know it's going to be different for all young people, but for me it was generally other young people. Typically when I went into a placement, I knew straight away if I could trust someone or didn't, but, um, or knew if they were safe or not safe. This was raised by all our interviewees as a real challenge to establishing safety. When multiple young people are living together, their behaviour may impact on the perception of safety for other young people in the home. The Hope and Healing Framework emphasises the importance of residential care staff providing structure and predictability, as well as setting expectations around pro-social behaviour. When we asked Tony about this, he explained it really well. We talk about the fact that we really only have one rule per se, and that is safety. So, and that is, uh, we want everyone to be safe and we want everyone to feel safe, you know, and uh, I guess that can encompass lots of different things, but... Um, yeah, safety is the one rule that we have. That's, that's, you know, that's the absolute thing. Um, everything else is an expectation. We also asked Jessica how residential care staff could have supported her to feel more safe when living with other young people. I guess they can be there for you and help, help make you feel comfortable. Like just if it's a two-worker model, they can spend more time with you and take you out to places. It can also be helpful to develop a safety plan with young people that includes strategies to cope when the behaviours of other young people in the placement are making them feel unsafe. These plans may include finding a safe place, such as their room, listening to music, and being reminded that the residential care workers are managing the situation. 
Finally, the Hope and Healing Framework highlights that cultural safety is important. Tony identifies as an Aboriginal man and works with many young people who identify as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander. When we asked him about this, he explained that safety might be about remaining connected to family and culture. For some young people, you know, their priority to feel safe will be, you know, remaining connected with the people who, you know, they uh, yeah, feel safe with, I guess. Um, and that could even be people that, um, you know, their primary caregivers where they've been removed from, you know, for safety reasons. So we need to be very aware of that. We will explore this concept of cultural safety more in a later episode on hope and healing with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children and young people. However, the importance of working with the other people in a young person's life was also made by Sandy Wilson. Sandy has close to 30 years' experience in child protection and youth justice areas in a range of roles including practitioner, team leader, manager, trainer, researcher and executive. It's really important that care teams, again, um, really intentionally um, think about how can we connect this child to their family, um, child or young person to their family and culture. And while it's real, it is really important, NAIDOC, the special events, they are very important for us to be connecting our children and young people too. Um, it's more than that. You know, talking to elders, um, particularly, um, you know, people from that child's community um, and getting their guidance and support for how um, we might provide services to the young person that would be um, really enhance their cultural safety. Maybe the most important piece of advice we got from the interviews was from Ethan. He suggested that residential care staff ask the young people how they feel. Maybe even asking the young person, do you feel safe? You know, like, you might know that they feel safe, but even, you know, asking the young person if they feel safe might even make them feel more safe, knowing that you're always thinking about their safety. And if they say, yeah, I feel safe, but, you know, this and this and this, then the worker, you know, making the effort to going to the necessarily necessary people, if it's the case manager or whoever, to see if they can put them safety nets in. In later episodes, we'll be considering how safety can be achieved through a focused therapeutic approach, particularly by improving young people's capacity for relationships. But to conclude this episode, we wanted to give you a few questions for reflection. First, do you know what helps young people in your care feel safe? And when was the last time you asked young people about their perceptions of safety? Some helpful questions might be, what does safety mean for you? Do you always feel safe here? And what can we do to help you feel more safe? Thank you for listening to our first episode of Peak Care Stories of Hope and Healing. Our next episode will be exploring another fundamental need, which is nurture. It's about really showing that you care and show that child that you care within that system. Because it's about treating them as best as they as best as you possibly can while they are in your care. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and gained a better insight into what the concepts mean in your day-to-day roles with children and young people. We are indebted to the time and wisdom of our interviewees and would like to thank the Create Foundation for their support with interviewing the young people. Be sure to check out our show notes for additional resources for the episode. You can also check out our other episodes in the Stories of Hope and Healing series through your favourite podcast app or by visiting peakcare.org.au 
or pracademics.org.au. 